Hello everybody, welcome back to Young and Biblical. My name is Cruz, and today it's just going to be me. Reed is on call for his job, and we didn't want him to be called away during the middle of recording, so I'm going to be doing this one solo. But today, we're going to be talking about spiritual warfare, and what spiritual warfare is, and how to combat it. And yeah, it's going to be in Ephesians 6, where a majority of the scripture is going to be read. We're going to be reading one, verses 1 through 20, and just talking about how we're able to combat spiritual warfare with the whole armor of God. So without further ado, let's get into some reading of verses 1 through 9. Starting in verse 1 of Ephesians chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, that he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bond servant or is free. Masters, do the same to them, and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their masters and yours is in heaven, and that there is no partiality with them. All right, so before we dive more in depth into these verses, I want to give a little context behind Ephesians. Now, Ephesians, it was written by Paul, as most of the New Testament was, and it was written while he was in prison, um, and it was written to the churches of Ephesus around the year 62. One very inspiring thing, for me at least, um, about Paul and all his books that he writes, it's it's either he's in prison or he's on a mission trip. And that's very inspiring because no matter the situation that Paul was in, he was continuously sharing Christ's love and message to whoever he could, to the guards at his prison, to churches in Ephesus and Corinth and wherever he could. That's very inspiring. Uh, I really love that detail about Paul. The next couple of verses, um, I think it's one through three, essentially talk about honoring your father and your mother. And that's pretty straightforward. Um, We've known that since Sunday school, if uh, many people grew up in church or listening, you just honor your father and mother, you respect them, you love them, you obey their orders. But um, I went a little, I went Googling on this a little bit and um, found out this little uh, commentary on Exodus twenty twelve, which is on the fifth commandment, which is honor your father and, com- and mother. And it states that the command is more complex than imagined because it encompasses all authorities, not just the authority of parents. And I, I didn't really realize that, um, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, just make sure no matter the authoritative figure, you respect them, you honor them. And obviously, you know, you have some authoritative figures that aren't Christ-like, and we shouldn't disrespect them, but we should show them Christ's love and 
help them along the path. Just because they're an authoritative figure doesn't mean that you can't show them um, the way of Christ and to help them along the road and help help teach them instead of them teaching you. And that could go for anything. It could be uh, your teacher, your pastor, your your mother, your father, your uh, older siblings, your grandmother, whatever it may be. You have so many authoritative figures in your life, but you're called to respect them. And that's the most important part of honoring your father and mother. It's respecting who they are and their judgment. And later on, it says in verse 4 that the parents are and the authoritative figures are to do the same. It says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Um, I know it says fathers there, but um, hopefully my testimony is released by this time. But if it's not, um, I was raised by my mother primarily, and I think she did a pretty decent job (laughs) of raising me in the instruction of the Lord and not provoking me to anger. But that's... I feel like now I'm closer to eventually becoming a parent than I was a child. Um, so I, I've really got to pay attention to more of those verses now that I'm growing up. And as people are growing up now, I know Reed could probably uh, agree with this, that growing or helping raise a child, he's had to... Um, to essentially help with some of his younger family to help bring them up in the instruction of the Lord. And myself, I've had to like help along uh, some of my younger, uh, not siblings, I don't have a younger sibling, help uh, like my younger cousins, talk to them about Christ and helping them um, come to know the Lord and read with his new youth minister job. He has to help them come along uh, to the instruction of the Lord. And that's very important. That's another replacement that you could use for fathers there. He's, he's a teacher of them. So he has to not provoke their children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord by teaching them of God's love and Christ's forgiveness. It's truly a great verse seeing that there. Going on to the next couple of verses in verses five through nine, it further point proves the point of what the research I did on the fifth commandment was. And that was that it's not just your father and mother that it was pointing to. It's all authoritative figures. And it says, bond servants, obey your earthly masters. And I had to make sure that bond servants meant what I thought it meant. And it did. It means slave. And obviously we don't have slaves in modern society. Um, or at least in America, there's slaves in other countries, but we have other authoritative figures, not to the point of uh, slavery, but like, I think a good comparison for this verse would be, you know, um, like a boss, you know, you respect them and you uh, do the will of God from your heart to them, like do the good deeds to them and you'll be rewarded in heaven. Um, And obviously it's not for, you're not going to get to heaven through doing good deeds to your boss. That's not what it means here, no. But 
it's it's truly great doing good things for Christ and from Christ. You know, like we were talking about with Philippians last week, I think. I think last week was Philippians. Um, we can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. You know, that's the good deeds we're doing to people. You know, we're doing all these things from the good will. It says from the will of God, from the heart. You know, that's all from Christ. And that's that's what it means there. Um, we're not going to magically get a bunch of money for doing one good deed from God. You know, that's that's not what the reward is. But anyway, um, and it later says, Masters, do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and that there is no partiality with him. So it's saying to the masters or in my analogy the bosses uh to you know do good deeds to your workers and to to not be harsh not be mean it says stop your threatening and obviously it's pertaining to slaves and masters and again we don't have slaves in america anymore but um yeah it's calling for them to be nicer and to be kind and uh, to do God's will to them as well. So, continuing on into the next set of verses, which will be verses 10 through 20. And it says, starting in verse 10, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil and this heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith which which, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that words may be given to me in the opening, my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So, the whole armor of God. What does that mean? You know, um, I've heard about the whole armor of God. I, I grew up going to an Episcopalian school, and um, it was it was taught frequently every, every year. And I didn't fully understand it. Like, I didn't know, like, once you got saved, you know, you got a belt that says truth on it, or... You know, you have a breastplate and it has righteousness on it and look really cool. But no, um, it, it's a metaphor, obviously. And my, my young brain couldn't comprehend that at the time. But it, it calls for us to be truthful. That's having fastened on the belt of truth. That's part of the armor of God. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness, you know, being righteous, you know, being full of devotion to God. That's the breastplate of righteousness. That's part of the armor of God. And for the shoes on your feet, 
having put on the gospel of peace, you know, being at peace with what's going on and in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, you know, being faithful to God. No matter what's happening, you have faith in God. And uh, with that, you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And then it says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, you know, being saved, you know, having that in your mind. That's it's um, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, you know, God's word, the Bible, you know, using it to cut down what's what Satan has up against you. That's the whole armor of God. And then lastly, it says praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. Now, it doesn't have a, a armor piece that it's mentioned, um, but it's part of the whole armor of God. And all these things, like, they're things that we know, but they're things that we consciously don't, or at least I didn't for the longest time when I was younger, didn't understand that you needed to do every day. Because spiritual warfare is real. I, it's something I didn't really think about daily, but now it is. You know, if you don't believe that the devil is trying to get you every single moment, any moment that he can take you away from God, any small slip up, your weakest moment, that the devil would be right there to take advantage of whatever's happening in your life. He's going to do it. And we have to be ready for that. And that's where the whole armor of God comes in. The whole armor of God helps protect us against the spiritual warfare that's going on. And there's a really good um, sermon series by Tony Evans, and that's going to be my recommendation, so I'm not going to go too much into it right now. It was recommended to me, actually, by my uh, one of my old preachers, Brother Will. He recommended me to Tony Evans, and he says... The victory's already won, you know. Um, Christ, when he died for us on the cross and he wiped away our sins, every single sin that we have is gone. That war has been won. And yet, the devil still fights to take away even just one person. He wants to take away any person that he can, any person that loves Christ, that doesn't love Christ. Um, he wants to do whatever he can to get them further and further and further away from Christ. That's what his goal is. And when we have the whole armor of Christ or the whole armor of God on, he stands no chance. When we are being, uh, when we are telling the truth, you know, when we are being righteous, when we are at peace, when we are being faithful, you know, when we are saved and we have the sword of the spirit, you know, we have the Bible, you know, and we're praying at all times, the devil stands no chance, you know. He can try to manipulate any situation he wants, but if we're doing these things constantly and as like as being and being as devoted as possible to having the whole armor of God on. He stands no chance, and he will never peel us away from God. And obviously, in war, as in real life, and spiritual war, as in real war, 
you're not going to win every battle. And that's, it sucks, you know, because we're called to do this and we're told we'll win every single time when we have this whole armor of God and yet constantly we fail. And it's sad to see. And that's, that's a part of war. You know, you, you're going to win some battles and you're going to lose some battles, but you have to be ready for the next battle. And that's what the whole armor of God is about. So there is a mindset that we need to have to win this spiritual warfare. And it, this was given to me. Um, I had a Bible given to me when I graduated high school by my mom's church. And it has these little devotionals with um, some of the verses that are given and had one on this. And I thought it was it was a good um, it was a good lesson on it, so I wanted to share it with you guys. And it had four four mindsets um, on how to win spiritual warfare. And the first one was to be strong. You know that's that's pretty obvious. You know um, we can defeat sin by being strong in Christ. You know I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. You know um, so if we are in Christ and we and Christ is strong within us, then we can resist this temptation. And the next step, he says, I, I think it's a he, I'm not real sure. Um, it says, put on the full armor of God. As we just discussed, uh, the full armor of God is being truthful and being safe, be, having salvation and being righteous and being at peace and having the word of God and um, being in prayer at all times. That's um, that's very important, obviously. And the next step given was to stand firm, and given in the full armor of God, it says to be to put on the uh, to take up the shield of faith, and we should obviously stand firm in our faith uh, to whatever's going on. Like one thing we can cling to is our faith. And that's, that's one of the most important ways to win our spiritual warfare going on, is to stand firm, to be strong, and to put on the full armor of God. The last of the mindsets to win uh, the spiritual warfare going on in your life is to pray at all times. And it's mentioned in Ephesians 6 um, that we should be praying at all times in the Spirit. And... I don't know about you guys, but I know I don't pray enough. I need to be praying more, and we're called to pray at all times. And that doesn't mean, you know, you're driving down the road, close your eyes, bow your head, and pray, Jesus, take the wheel. But no, uh, to just be in the mindset of praying, you know. And it doesn't have to be a formal prayer all the time, you know. It's just... You could be talking to your head. I know some of the best conversations that I've had with God, some of the best prayers I've had with God is just driving down the road, uh, just talking out loud to God, you know, uh, like thanking him for every single thing in my life and like asking him to, you know, do something in my life to strengthen my faith. And that's some of the best time I've had with God is, is alone in my car. And that's obviously not a natural setting to prayer to pray in. You know, usually 
you pray at your dinner table or you pray in your bed or you pray at church or you pray wherever you are at, but just wherever you are, be in prayer, be in a mindset of prayer that what you're thinking about is God and doing his will and talking to him. And that's, that's one of the most important things I really liked about the, the little mindsets that uh, the devotion gave that we should always be in prayer. That's all I have for the lesson part of Young Biblical on Ephesians 6 and uh, full, the whole body armor of Christ. So, as always, I have a recommendation for the week, and I mentioned it earlier. It's Tony Evans and his uh, sermons on spiritual warfare. And I don't have a specific one. He has a whole bunch of them, but you can Google Tony Evans spiritual warfare. And you'll see like videos on YouTube. There's one for 27 minutes. There's an hour long one. He has a bunch of them on it and it's, they're really good. I, I listened to a, a shorter one in preparation for this episode and uh, I really enjoyed it and got a lot out of it. So I would highly recommend y'all listen to that because um, he could, he could explain it far better than I ever could. So yeah, with that being said, that's going to wrap up the episode. So that's going to do it for episode 13 of Young and Biblical on Spiritual Warfare. If you guys enjoyed, please follow us on Spotify to keep up to date on episodes when we release them. And we have stopped uploading our episodes on YouTube, but we will be uploading other videos. Um, We've talked about possibly uploading one of Reed's sermons uh, for his youth minister job. And putting it on there but for sure we're putting our testimonies that we recorded on there and those will be up sometime soon um not sure when but you can follow us on there at young and biblical um and it's young with the and sign and then biblical you can um just subscribe over there on youtube and like our videos and comment future suggestions for videos over there because we will no longer be putting our episodes there and if you want to leave a suggestion elsewhere if you don't have youtube perhaps you can email us at young and biblical at gmail.com or you can follow us on twitter at biblical young and you can dm us on twitter so that's going to be it thank you guys for watching and we'll see you next week